Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ball Girls. So obviously, in light of recent events, we've both been pretty vocal about what's going on. We both feel pretty passionately, but Jordan's been somebody who's been very vocal from day one. So I think I'll let her take this one, the intro of the pod for today. Yeah, we, uh, it's funny, last week we ended off saying we want to do something special and you, you guys see how excited we are every week to come on, but yeah, that's not how it's feeling right now. Like, we're going to, like, we'll talk about sports and all that stuff, but like, really, like, I know, speaking for myself, like, my heart is really not in it right now to even talk about sports. I was telling Haley yesterday, I'm like, I don't even feel right. Like, yeah. like, I, you guys, some of you guys follow me on Twitter and you see, like, I'm like, there's a time and a place, which I, like, other people have said too, but that's just how I feel. Like, there's a time and a place, like, you're not beyond anyone to start talking about that, or, like, there's issues that actually matter. Human lives are being compromised, lost, and uh, the result of police brutality, so yeah. But anyways, I was gonna say, um, yeah, today's Blackout Tuesday. Uh, people on Instagram are posting their, like, the black, uh, like, little posts, whatever, and the whole, I would just want to explain that, like, because, like, I put on my Instagram, people still did it, and, like, the numbers came out that 19 million people, I think, did it today, but the whole point of it was to put the hashtag uh, Blackout Tuesday and to not post your own content. It doesn't mean you can't stop, like, to stop all content, to stop talking about what actually matters. It was to to stop kind of making it about I don't want to say about yourself, but like to stop with your own content, no selfies, no promoted content, you know what I mean? But a lot of yeah. people put the hashtag Black Lives Matter hashtag, and the whole point is, and I see a lot of people say, um, it's my job to listen. Well, clearly, you're not even listening because you put the hashtag. Like, don't do yeah. it because you just think, like, that's enough activism for a day. Like, I put a black thing on my page. Like, it goes beyond that. It goes into, like, actually listening to what people are saying. And as well mine and Haley's too as white females we have no idea what it is like to be someone of the black community clearly but um yeah no um like it's our job to not only listen but like actually speak out about it and inform other people because like I know myself like there's people in my life that would would say all lives matter and like would typically think other things but like I've been able to actually speak to them and be like, no, like, you can't say that. Like, of course, all lives matter. Like, it doesn't take, like, a dumb, it takes not even a dummy to know that. But, like, this is the matter actually at hand. So, like, it's our job to not only listen, but to actually speak out and educate. And, yeah, that's us. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. First of all, yeah, the whole point was literally to post the black squares, but not use the Black Lives Matter hashtag so that people who wanted the information could still go on that hashtag. Mm -hmm. And then people were just hashtagging Black Lives Matter. Like, like you said, they're not even listening, first of all. And second, like, I saw a girl, she posted, like, the black on her Insta story and then posted a snap of, like, her and her boyfriend out at dinner. I'm like, that's literally not the point, but okay. I love white female activism. Like, <laughs> oh my god, the videos going around of like the girls like take a photo of my like booty out, whatever, in front of a crushed up T-Mobile. Oh the one <laughs> or like a the girl the, drill? yeah, the girl. The Literally, that was the physical embodiment of that's enough activism for one day. Like, it's that's not that you need to go out and protest. That's not what anyone's saying. Like, it's not them saying. If you support us, you need to protest. No, they want you just to be aware and actually listen to their causes. And I mean, we can talk about the rioting and stuff like that. But I mean, in my personal, like I've told my mom this, I told my dad this, I told my friends this, like, yeah, there's protest, but 
one, that like property being damaged, that can be replaced. A human life cannot be replaced. And I can't believe I actually I have to even say that to people. Mm-hmm. And then um, what was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say there, but. <laughs> No, I agree. And it's like beyond the the protests and the rioting and the looting will end, racism won't. You need to educate yourselves because even when these protests blow over in a week, two weeks, maybe, like, I don't know how long they're going to go. But, you know, once this all ends, you, you still have to educate yourselves. And it's not just about not being racist. It's being anti-racist. It's not seeing somebody be racist to your friend and going, I would never treat you like that. It's making sure other people are also not racist. It's really not that hard, but some people just don't understand that. And I think a lot of people need to understand it's not politics. Like now it's getting to the point that it's getting into politics. But like, if you look at the actual principle and what the protests actually mean and the actual, the, I want, what do I want to say? The movement. Yeah. I can't think of words today. <laughs> the movement. Um, what it actually stands for is just giving these people a voice. You know what I mean? It's either racism or not racism. You're with it or you're not. You're, like it's, <laughs> exactly. it's not that hard. It's not a matter of left wing, right wing, like liberal conservative. No. It's not that. Like if you even have to say, yeah, but about human life, like check yeah. yourself. Yeah, agreed. It's like the whole all lives matter thing. Well, if all lives mattered, then there wouldn't need to be a Black Lives Matter movement because they would never be put in this position in the first place. Like, but the reason why we did want to continue on with a podcast today was because for the most part, there have been a lot of positive, you know, I don't want to say outbursts, but statements put out by a lot of teams and things like that. I know for me personally, obviously everyone knows I love Ohio State football. They put together a video with all of their players, regardless of colors, saying they're going to stand together for Black Lives Matter. And the Big Ten actually is putting together like an anti-racism task force, which is amazing because we've seen instances of coaches, you know, putting players on blast, calling them racial slurs and things like that, which is disgusting. Uh, My favorite two instances from two Ohio State players, one's a basketball player, one's a football player. Seth Towns is a Harvard graduate transfer who played basketball at Harvard and now will be playing for Ohio State in the fall. He was protesting and got detained for doing what it was. And then he was on SportsCenter talking about how, like, I'm not going to stand down. Like, you can arrest me, you can try and silence me, but I'm not going to do that. And then another one is CJ Saunders, who is actually a white football player who got arrested at one of the protests in Columbus. And all the players were like, he's been like this since day one. Like, we knew he was a real team player. Like, I love him. So it makes me very proud to see players like that. There's been a lot of statements up by other players. Jonathan Taves, I mean, you saw that one. You sent it to me. The love of my life. The literal love of my Wait. life. <laughs> um, like, I'm a Blackhawks fan. I am obsessed with Jonathan Taves. Good old Canadian boy. To be clear, racism is alive and well in Canada, so don't think we're exempt from that conversation. But Jonathan Taves is a good old Canadian boy. Yeah. <laughs> my king. I don't have a jersey at my apartment here. It's at my mom's house. I have... Oh, I love that jersey. Love jersey I have a, I have a black one with him on it. But Jonathan Taves not only put out a huge statement, somebody tried to like rebuttal it in the comments and he was like, no, 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 sweetie, I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And somebody commented too, they're like, who started this conversation with him? Because it sure as hell wasn't his teammates. So I was like, oh, the team. <laughs> oh my God. It's just like, like, I don't want to sound bad with it, but you see like players coming out. We'll talk about later on, like, a certain NHL player talking out. But for instance, Tyler Sagan, everyone's shocked by that. 
absolutely but, shocked. But yeah. And then the thing is, like, I don't want to say how people should react to it, but like, it's so, it's like, we're giving them a pat on the back to show they're not racist. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> true. It literally seems like, like these people, sh- if they're in the spotlight, they're role models, they're representing like organizations, teams, sports as a whole, you shouldn't have to give them a pat on the back because they realize what racism is. Yeah, well, that's like Kendall Coyne Schofield, who like, what was it, two years ago, like made a big stink in the All-Star game. I guess she made an anti-cap tweet like four years ago, but she at least said, you know what, I didn't understand it at the time and I educated myself and now I do. So, I mean, it's a step, but like you said, people are literally doing the bare minimum and getting recognized for it. But in the same breath, if they're not saying anything, that looks worse. Yeah. Like, I've the Notes app is really not for apologies or to like state that you're not racist but it's better than nothing I guess <laughs> it's, but it's, like you mentioned Ohio State they go on a video and they do a video like what yeah. how hard could it be to do a video like yeah. I'm sure 100% people would actually care more not care more about like I mean like actually take your words and put meaning actually to it yeah and also like people will argue are th- Athletes, athletes are some of the richest people on the planet. Just donate. If you don't want to go out and protest, although many of them have been protesting, which is amazing. You know what? I hate Michigan. And as Malcolm Kelly said to us, you're not born hating anybody, but I swear I was born hating Michigan. But even Jim Harbaugh was out there protesting in Ann Arbor. So we're giving him a pat on the back today. You know what, Jimbo, you did something good for once. We're proud of you. But even if you know you don't feel comfortable protesting or you're in a position where you can't, a lot of people live with people who are immunocompromised. Like COVID's still out there. COVID didn't just go away because of this. So a lot of people don't want to protest because it's a huge exposure with thousands of people. You know what? Donate your money. If you don't have money, donate time to educating yourselves. You know what? If you already pay pay for Netflix, watch a documentary, read a book. Exactly. exactly. There's so many resources you have. And like, there's ways you can donate. Obviously, too. Like, there's the Black Lives Matter card. But mm-hmm. uh, through that, if you don't like feel like you want to donate to protesters, I mean, you could. You can donate to whatever you want. Your money, but. There's the victims, protesters, or I've seen a lot of people saying that they, oh my God, all these businesses are getting destroyed. Then donate to the local business owners. Mm-hmm. Where your mouth is. Absolutely. That was like, um, so the clothing brand, The Hundreds, which is like, I think a hype beast clothing, their owner, I think it's on Fairfax in LA, which has been like hit huge, but he's one of the people who was like, this stuff can be replaced. These lives cannot. And people were like, we're going to buy out your store now. Like, you know? It's really not that hard to replace material items. It's like people are mad that targets are being looted. I'm like, oh my God, it's a target. Even Target came out with a statement. Did they really? I didn't see that. I, think I, don't, exa- I don't remember the exact word, but people were like applauding them. Being- I just saw like Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's. I see SpaghettiOs. <laughs> you know what? I'm lactose intolerant, but Ben and Jerry's, I got you. They make dairy-free ice cream anyway, so I don't yeah. know what I'm complaining about. Yes, but one of the people who didn't make a statement, which was somewhat hilarious. It's not hilarious that they didn't make a statement, but so the owner of the Knicks, Jim Dolan, sent out a statement to Madison Square Garden employees basically saying that he doesn't feel he has a right to say anything, yada, 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 just some BS saying why they're not making a statement. When A, they have many players of color on their team. Even think years back, it's not somebody who's black, but a minority. Like, Lynn Sanity, he played for the Knicks. Like, he 
made a huge splash there. Like, Carmelo Anthony played for the Knicks. Like, you're going to try and tell me that you're not going to make a statement when you profit off of people of color. Okay. But also, the thing that's funny about it is that they put out this gigantic statement when Spike Lee was using their employee entrance. They put out a huge thing when Spike Lee was using their employee entrance saying like, we've told him multiple times not to do this and yada, 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 all this. Like on this night, he went through the entrance and we asked him to re-enter. They put that much effort into a statement about Spike Lee using an entrance and they can't put out anything to say we stand in solidarity with our players of color. Like, where's the logic? Where is she? Where'd she go? It's just like, with the fact that like you had like how are you gonna say like okay let me I have it quoted here let me just read it uh not more we were not more qualified than anyone to provide opinions on social matters uh what's important is on what's important is on how we operate you're telling me that you have no people of color especially people from the black community in your offices I can tell you 100% you have them on the court so how was that like Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, I this kind of goes into a broader thing, but people like will put down, not put down this movement. Well, no, no, they pull down this movement. Excuse them. Yeah, they put down this movement, but then they expect uh, and like NFL players, NBA players, all that to return and have a season because of COVID. But then they're gonna call them out for statements. I don't get it. Yeah, no, it's so backwards. And like you said, even if you don't have these people in your offices, which itself is problematic that you have no diversity and don't hire people of color, but the people who make you the most money are people of color on the courts winning games for you. I mean, the Knicks, maybe not so much winning games, but you know, bringing people into Madison Square Garden to play for you. Like, it's disgusting. That's what R.J. Barrett is, right? R.J. Barrett? I think so, yes. I can't remember. Honestly, I am, like, not up on my basketball knowledge as much as I should be for something that's, like, one of my favorite sports, but I believe he is. I know the slim money of basketball, so is. better than me. Yes, he is. I don't know why. I always get him and Jamal Murray confused. Sorry, my Canadian boys. But another statement that was kind of interesting to see was that the U.S. hockey organization put out a statement, but their director of operations – John Van Beesbrook, I think that's how you say it, Uh, or so the assistant executive director, was literally stepped down, but he was fired from the OHL when he was coach of the Sioux Greyhounds because he called their captain, Trevor Daly, the N-word. But his excuse for it was, I used the N-word instead of calling him Trevor. Huh? Yeah, and then he said, um, I used it not thinking. If you have to think about using the word or not using the word for a better term yeah that's on you to go fix that but also like there's a difference like sometimes you know at my old work people would call me Chelsea because I looked like this girl named Chelsea kind of and like like not really but you know they would slip and like be like Chelsea or people would call me Emily because that's my sister's name you know they'd be like Emily oh sorry Haley I'm like yeah whatever we're sisters I get it but calling someone the n-word instead of their name that's not like a subconscious like oh my bad like huh I like kind of off topic but there was like a you know, there was a teacher in grade four, my grade four teacher, oh my god, I, ooh, she was the worst. She used to call me Jacob. I don't know how you confuse me with a boy, oh, an African-Canadian boy named Jacob. What? Yeah, no, like, but even that is, like, 
better than calling somebody the n-word and saying oh, 100%. Oh, sorry. yeah 100 percent. sorry it slipped like oh, in what world does that slip and like the whole thing is like with not even just their state uh statement statement not just with their statement but like you got like an organization a player whatever they can release any like they can have like a whole pr thing copy and paste thing and a lot of them look at copy and paste thing but what people want to see is one actually say that it was in the hands of police brutality because it was it literally came out that it was you see the video i know you all did mm-hmm. and two you're gonna have people like john van Brook in your organization when he like he carries that mantra with him like that mindset that to call someone that people want like you can say all you want but unless there's actions behind the meeting then it means jack shit Exactly. And especially for like hockey, that is such a predominantly white sport. Like it's really full of empty promises until you actively make sure that the hockey culture that includes racism is being like shut down. Absolutely. Like look what happened to Akeem Alou. Like <laughs> it just, yeah, it's, it's pretty gross. Awesome. And for the most part, people have put out statements that at least are acknowledging what's happening. Uh, one that it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good was the Grizzlies. I don't know who... Excuse me. (laughs) Kind of. It was like, we need to rebound for justice together. I'm like, huh? Like, this is not about basketball, and I understand basketball is a predominantly black sport, but this has nothing to do with basketball. This is just about a human life, so we don't need to, like, rebound together for justice. I don't know. Justin Timberlake, what are you doing, baby? What's going on here? (laughs) Um... Okay, I think this was in the same statement. I could be all of, because there's statements flying left and right right now. Yeah, they're coming from everybody. They said they're having virtual sessions, like workshops, I think, maybe. Oh, are they? I didn't see that. that. I don't know if it was the same statement. Then I thought, then I seen them talking about paid time off to go voting. Did you see that? No, but I kind of like that every organization should have that, frankly. Something that you would have thought they already had, like, because they're talking about how there's like for, like people like won't go vote now or whatever because they're scared that like they'll like hit a financial burden kind of thing so we don't want to have them face that like option we'd want them to be able to go vote without having to worry about losing money or anything like that yeah i think that was part of the same statement i think maybe it was in the longer like if you i think it was in the longer one because the first one was straight up like i need to find it now it was so bad i'm gonna make sure that i read the right thing here I need to find it because it was literally like, we're going to rebound for justice. I was like, I don't know what that means. Um, Memphis, where are you? Come back to Vancouver. (laughs) Please, those jerseys are everything. (laughs) Everything of the sort. Oh, did they delete it? Yeah, they, wait, what day is it today? Yeah, one day ago. With unrest unfolding across the United States in the wake of uh, George Floyd's killing, most NBA teams have released statements in the matter. In their own statement, Monday, the Memphis Grizzlies announced the creation of a new category of paid time off for employers to use for, for voting in local and federal elections. Our staff will never have to make a decision between voting or incurring a financial loss. Like, okay. Oh, my God. Am I, like, going crazy? Was it, was it the Timberwolves? Who made the statement about rebounding? <laughs> Who did it? About rebounding... Well, I know, well, the Wizards are shut up and dribble. We're not going to shut up and dribble, but I can't think of The Wizards' statement was everything of the sort. Everything of the sort. Look at all of these are copy-paste, copy-paste, copy-paste. You can feel emotion in that. Yeah, no, that was like, oh my God, who was it? 
Um, what did they say? It was the Mavericks, not the Wolves or the Grizzlies. I'm so sorry to <laughs> Justin Timberlake. The blood is on Mark Cuban's hands, not Justin Timberlake's. My apologies. Was he actually at the protest, though? Oh, at least I'll give him that. Mark Cuban was at the protest, so. I think he did that as, like, a save, not as a save face. I truly believe Mark Cuban cares about his players and things like that. But this is how it was. History goes through phases. Phases in restoring, brackets justice, rebuilding, brackets communities, and rebounding, brackets as people. Rebounding takes a team effort, and we will rebound together. Box out, baby. Get that rebound. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's just like, you have PR, you have social media. I'm not putting down these people, but you have so many eyes on this. How do you let this go through? How many people did this go through? Because it's not like the social media person just did it. Somebody made the graphic. Like, the, you can see the graphic was made. So somebody had to make that graphic and send it to the social media person. Even that is two people. Even if those are the only two people who saw it, social media person, if I was a social media person, I would have been like, are we playing pickup on racism? <laughs> like, I shouldn't like, laugh, but it's ridiculous. Like, no, it's so bad to think this is, has nothing to do with sports. This is bigger than sports. This is human lives. And the first thing you think of is rebounding takes a team effort, ladies and gents. 5v5, box out, get in the key. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm, first of all, I'm so sorry to the members. From downtown, a shot on racism. <laughs> yeah, that's brutality takes the shot blocked by protesters. Like <laughs> Dennis Robin coming in and rebounding it. <laughs> like yeah, it was just so poorly planned. I just oh, I can't get over it. But like you said, there's literally statements coming out left, right, and center these days. So we can't keep up. I clearly even got one wrong. So I'm sorry to the Grizzlies. I'm sorry, Justin Timberlake. I love you. Okay. No one can keep up, honestly. <laughs> but uh, we could talk about this all day and for the rest of our lives, truly, because until change happens, it's still going to happen, which is disgusting. But we do want to move on just so we're not, you know, shoving, not only shoving things down your throat, because frankly, I don't care if I'm shoving it down your throat, but there, uh, there still are things that are happening in the world of sports. They don't, unfortunately, sports don't stop just because the world does. Um, I think Jordan has a few words to say about Major League Baseball because they can't agree on anything. Yeah. Um, well, first off, you have minor league players are being let go left and right. Teams are being cut, organizations cut. Um, but yeah, I believe it was up to a thousand at least. Like players are going to be cut and have to figure out their careers now. Like that's like, in the, yeah. especially in a pandemic, you think you like. I know that they were going to be cutting down on teams before. They mentioned this before the whole pandemic outbreak. But to have like no financial like stability during a pandemic, like what else are they going to do? They, it's like. Not like a lot of these guys at their in their spare time are actually like doing like business courses, like any course, like something like that to even have something to fall back on. Now they have to replan all of that. Yeah, it's awful. But it's uh, so awful. You know. Oh no, I was just oh, gonna, yeah. yeah, like you said, like obviously there was talks before because what like the Blues had what like four minor league teams. They have their trip triple A, double A, A, and then short season. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it gets me so confused, to be totally honest. Yeah, like, I honestly, I don't follow minor league baseball. I apologize. I high, low A, short C, like, I, 
Yeah, or something like that. Double A, high A, low A. I don't know. Make it simpler. I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. We can fact check it actually about it at the end. I believe you. You would know more than I would. But regardless, there's like four teams. It's going to be like triple A and double A that are left. Yeah. So there's people losing jobs left, right, and center. But the one team who kind of stepped up to the plate was the Nationals. Uh, We love them. We love our defending World Series champs. Um, But they basically said they're going to take the hit, even though they're already getting a prorated rate that they, yes, they negotiated on, but it's still not right. But they're paying their minor leaguers because they're all like, hey, we were all minor leaguers once. We get it. You know, not everyone gets drafted and is in the starting nine. That's not a reality for every people, every people. We're not all Juan Soto who just moves up all the way that quick. But um, that that was really good of the players, but also they shouldn't have to do that. The owners of these teams are millionaires. And yes, it's like, well, should they lose their millions? Just, But it's like, that's, that's part of being an owner. You get what you get. Like somebody else said, and I think we said like two or three pods ago, you know, if you get a bonus for having a winning season, do you share that with all your athletes? No, you don't. You keep that money to yourself. So it's amazing that the players came together to do that, but they really shouldn't have to have. Well, yeah, no, exactly, 100%. And um, it's great, though. Well, they're doing it now because the pressure, I guess, is on them because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it was Sean Doolittle who came out to say it on Twitter first, I believe. He's the one that – was it a Google Doc or was it a tweet? Every, or a non-Google Doc? I think it was a tweet with the Notes app because yeah, – that's what I meant. Uh, but, yeah, now the team says that they're paying up upwards to $400 per week, I believe it's supposed to be what they're getting. Yes. I, I yeah. think that's so now at least the team, the organization's kind of taking care of it more, I guess, because they've seen the players stepping up. How bad is that on them on PR? So right, like your players who are already getting what? What did they negotiate? A fifty percent for week? what? For the season, isn't like that what they're making that? I thought they negotiated fifty percent of their salaries. They did in March. Yeah, so they're already making half of what they would make, and we're agreeing to pay the minor leaguers. Like, yeah, suppose it up to like 50%. It's so confusing because then you have all these proposals coming out. So it's literally five new proposals every episode. I cannot keep up with that. Yeah, Jordan made the point that we're pretty much not going to talk any baseball proposals. If things happen in the baseball world, yes, but no proposals because there's just a new one every day. I saw one today about a 50-game season, and then I saw another one about like a 112-game season. I'm like, what? I don't understand. It changes by the minute with MLB. Yeah, this will be – I said to Haley, I'm like, we are not, I'm like, we can talk, we'll talk about this real quick. Well, cause it's MLB had another proposal, like an ultimatum. Like that's the last resort. Cause the MLBPA came back saying, I'll explain that in a second. But yeah. what I'm saying is until the MLB actually comes out with a full out statement, like Gary like, Bettman on the NHL, we are not talking about this anymore. No, <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing else to say. No, because it changes every day. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, no, the MLBPA, the players came up with 114-game season. Um, They'd be making basically about uh, 70 – was it 70? I don't know numbers. Anyways, basically, uh, yeah, I think 70% of their salary? Yeah, I think it was like that. But anyways, there was a counterproposal with an option to opt out if players didn't actually want to play because it's a pandemic, let's not forget – and, uh, yeah, June 30th to October 31st is their, like, projected, like, that's when they were finished. But then the MLB, they basically were saying, like, this is a last resort. Um, they want to have a 50-game regular season. 
Um, and that would basically mean that players are making less than 30% of their pay. So that 50-50 split thing, I don't think that. There's a, like, I'm not a numbers person. I'm not a money person. I don't know anything about that. But basically what I can tell you is uh, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I did. Like, and like, it's just so like, oh, it gets me so mad because you guys know that me and Haley say pay the players pay the players. People were saying players owe it to us, like they're being greedy. Let me, put it like Let me put it like this for you. Players want more games. They're saying 114 games. It's the owners that are saying we're going to lose money if we don't play those games. They want less baseball so they don't lose as much money. Put it into that perspective. Players mm-hmm. want more. Owners don't want more. Yeah, and it's like you're not going to put your life on the line to play like 10 games and call it a season. Like, absolutely not. But yeah, like George said, we could talk about baseball forever also because, like, every second – like, I could probably check Twitter now and something new would come out from the MLB because, like, it, it changes by the second. But what's that, sweetie? Oh, I was going to say – no, continue. You finish that and then I'll oh, end up. That's pretty much where I was going. I was just going to talk about another proposal from a different league, but if you're still on baseball, you go right ahead. Well, I was just going to say let's give – I don't want to say a round of applause, but, like, give up – good job to the uh, Tampa Bay Rays because they actually mm-hmm. acknowledged and they, they came out with their statement I think an hour before maybe we started the podcast here mm-hmm. and they were saying that they acknowledge Black Lives Matter police brutality is inhuman uh, we fully support the protesters exercising their civil rights we stand by the black families living in fear thank you mm-hmm. no okay I said I didn't want to say thank you because it's not my community. community I have no right to say thank you but I just mean like thank you for stepping up kind of thing. Yeah. And also they put their money where their mouth is and are donating a hundred thousand dollars to, I think various organizations, but. And like the overall thing, like we said before, like, unless you like it's actions more than the words. And like I said earlier too, that like people want to see that you're actually acknowledging what's happening. Some, like some teams are just talking about like, pray for the police, pray for that. Thank you to the, police and stuff like that like I'm not gonna go on that whole thing no that's gonna investigate that all yourself but that's what people want to see is people act like organizations actually acknowledging what's going on but no as we were talking before um a proposal plan another league that has a proposal coming out is the NWSL so they came out and said they're going to play a tournament in Utah I don't know why they picked Utah but they're gonna play a tournament and that's kind of how they're deciding. I don't think it's like just the season. It's kind of like a kickoff, I believe. It's starting on June 27th. Teams have till June 21st to put in their rosters. So if like some people don't feel safe, they don't have to play. Uh, they didn't say too, too much. All the games will be played at Zion's Bank Stadium, except for the semifinals and finals, which will be played on the Royals home field at Rio Tinto Stadium. Um, there's going to be a lot of testing going on, which is kind of, I know, a uh, uh, standard through all these leagues, but so yeah, I guess this tournament is how they're going to decide who wins. Basically the last game is going to take place on July 26th. So it's a month long tournament. There's going to be a lot of games, but it's nice to see them coming out and doing something for their league. Whereas other leagues are kind of like, Oh, what do we do? They're like, you know what? Bing, bang, boom. We're doing a tournament. It is what it is. You know, is it as fair as playing a whole season and making the playoffs that way? You can argue yes and no, but it's better than nothing. Oh, hundred percent. Like you guys want sports. Here's some sports. Exactly. But 
say anyone. <laughs> yeah. On the contrary of women's sports, the poor WNBA, so they basically cut down their rosters to 12 people a roster, which is nuts. That's basically two lines plus two subs, which is insanity. Um, and out of the 36 women drafted in the WNBA draft, only 16 now are going to be playing on starting day rosters. So, like, one of the girls who was drafted, I think she was drafted 20th overall in the WNBA to the Lynx. She got waived because they only have 12 players now. So, like, it's just the reality of women's sports, unfortunately. Like, they're already making so little money, and now half of their team doesn't even get to play because they cut it down to a 12-person roster. And again, in a pandemic, it's like... No stability, no job, like, financial... uh... No, and it's like these people work their whole lives. Same with minor league baseball players. You work your whole life to even make it to the minor leagues. These women made it to the WNBA. There's no minor league for women's sports. Like, you know, there's no plan B for women's sports. It's either you make it in the top league or you don't. So to be drafted to the WNBA and then be told a month later, just kidding, there's only 12 people per squad. Like, it's very disheartening to see. And that's the reality of women's sports. But you know, it's just really sad to see people working their whole lives. But even, like, the number 18 draftee, uh, Tia Cooper, she was a captain at Baylor. She was, like, not going to make a team. The 18th draft pick. Meanwhile, there's men who get drafted, what, like, 300th overall in the NFL? and they're oh, like yeah. chilling. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> people drafting round whatever of the MLB draft. <laughs> literally before when there's like what before a thousand stuff but yeah this year's a bit different but yeah before what a thousand players got drafted in the MLB draft there was like what like 30 rounds something nuts like that oh what was it now I'm totally 40 is it 40 rounds is it 40 rounds down to five rounds I can't say I've ever watched it because it's so long I'm like <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's 40. Just a quick fact check. <laughs> 40, yeah. It is 40, yeah. So 40 rounds. That's insane. There was literally four rounds of the WNBA draft. Half of it wasn't even televised. Like, <laughs> no, was it even four rounds? Did they do it in – I can't remember. Did they do it in four rounds of eight? Or did they do it – I think they do it in four rounds of eight. I can't remember. Or they just do one – no, there's no way they just do one round. That doesn't make sense. I think they do four rounds of eight. I think that's how it works. Wow. But again, like, it was televised for, like, an hour, and people were drafted during commercial breaks. Meanwhile, the NFL draft had, like, a five-day draft. It's just... That's... (sighs) But that's pretty much what's come out of women's sports right now. There's not too, too much coming on. Like, sports still are at a standstill. There's nothing other than Premier League, I guess, is coming back. Bundesliga's been back. I think Premier League said June 19th is their projected start date. So that'll be interesting to see. Like we said on Nick's podcast, I really don't think they should play just because of Liverpool, A, being so far ahead, and B, there being so many teams. But the Premier League is weird because there's so many factors that are affected by the one league that they can't just not play. Because it's like even Liverpool has run away with it. You know, they're winning. But the three bottom teams get regulated, and the three top teams of the EFL – get promoted so it's like if you don't play that league what happens with those six teams and then champions league same thing soccer is like a mess and i don't know how they're gonna figure it out they need to figure something out because that's that but enough about soccer uh we have some news about the new york rangers don't we okay 
in chaos. So I got ridiculed last week because I tweeted about it and I really don't care. Um, no. So let's give a little background. <laughs> so uh, you have Tony D'Angelo. He's 18 years old. Throws a racial slur at a fellow teammate. Okay, let's just... That happened. Yep, that happened. Okay. So now, it's been known that Tony D'Angelo is very, like, proud conservative, I want to say. He's a Trump supporter. Like, his likes are literally Trump videos liking him on immigration, like, stuff like that. And um, so it's definitely known. So then he comes out last week. I think it was last week. Oh, God, it was a week already. Yeah, it was last week, I think. Yeah, saying how he wants to start a podcast called Watch Your Tone. Ding, number one. Why would you have to watch your tone in hockey? That's just, yeah. I've got so, the racist so, encounter right here. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, comes out saying that. And then you have Brendan Lemieux uh, backing up, saying it's going to push the boundaries of political correctness. Ding, number two on the racism counter. Can we... Do we not remember that the whole Don Cherry situation just happened? Not even how many less than six months ago. Literally, and he lost his job because of it. Like, not saying he's right, but I'm just saying that was the consequence. Yeah, he the man lost his job. So exactly. So you have all this stuff. Like people are pretty like mad, and it's kind of just like pushing the boundaries of political correctness. Like, well, I'm sorry, but what do you have to endure as a Billion, million, not billion, I don't know how much you make, so I don't even care to even look. You make a lot of money. You're a white, heterosexual male. Like, what is hockey? you need to go through when you're a professional? Like, I do, like, obviously people have issues with that kind of stuff. But then with your past, like, with your past stuff, it's kind of, yeah. no one really wants to listen to that podcast except for a bunch of conservatives. Yeah, and it's also like, what, like you said, what hardships have you gone through? Like, 90% of white boys that I know who grew up playing hockey had, like, the most privileged lives. They literally didn't even have to go to school because they were off living with billet families playing junior hockey in, like, Sudbury (laughs) until they were 21 and then finally had to go to school and then were sitting with a bunch of 17-year-old freshmen, but I digress. It was just, and it was so tone deaf because they came out, what, one or two days after George Floyd's death? that's when they decided to announce this like it should have never been announced in the first place but my mom I'm like my favorite uh, favorite thing to say right now is read the room <laughs> literally yeah, literally do you like I could tell you're on twitter.com like you're liking stuff you're on it you could see the hashtag your your page is probably full of stuff talking about it because I know mine is mm-hmm, same so like and people are like hey like how people came at me how do you know it's full of hate the title his background and Brendan Lemieux's thing, people are like, oh, well, he said that he's not going to talk about politics. It's a bait. It originally was probably about that. It could still be because there's been no, uh, no episode recorded yet. But he probably seen the reaction he got and he probably back railed on it. Like, are you absolutely? And A, the New York Rangers retweeted this at first, like, what is wrong with you? And second, the Rangers, as of earlier this afternoon, I haven't been on Twitter in a while, but as of earlier this afternoon, they were one of only four NHL teams left to not make a statement about what's going on in the world right now. Exactly. And New York is a melting pot of people. Like, New York is one of the most diverse, not, of course, like, not all of New York, but, like, New York City especially is one of the most diverse cities in the entire world, and you're not going to speak about racial injustice? Like, not even just for black people who live there, but like the Jewish communities in New York, like Latino communities in New York. And you're not going to say a peep, but you're going to retweet your racist past players 
who said they're going to push political agendas. Like, how tone deaf is that? And a lot of people, like, one, I was having an argument with one guy. And I, I understand that people are allowed different opinions. So, yeah. you just, hey, like, you're obviously, like, upset by it. I'm like, yeah, I, like, how can I not be? Like, how, like, I'm going to call bullshit out when I see bullshit. Mm-hmm. Thing. And people are okay, well, people can change. He was 18 years old when he made the racial slur on the ice to his teammate. That was his draft year. You're a legal adult at 18. It's not like you're 14 and you're just kind of learning about life. No, like, yeah. you're an 18-year-old, like, oh my god, it just bothers me shitless. Like, yeah, people can change, but clearly you can tell that he has not. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, everyone's also for cancel culture because people say things, you know, in 2010. Like, I was literally 13 in 2010. Like, if you're trying to tell me I said a bad word, like, have I learned from that? Absolutely. If I'm saying those words in 2020, you have every right to cancel me. If I said something when I was 13, meh. But even by 18, you've graduated high school by that time. There's really no excuse. Like, it's not like there's a cutoff age for, because some people are really sheltered. People are, ugh, I can't speak English, homeschooled until they go to university. So yeah, some people, you know, are like that. But he grew up playing hockey. That's hockey culture. They think it's acceptable. Like we said, it needs to be squashed immediately. But for them to not only say that and think it's okay, but for the team to, like, endorse it for a split second, how can you do that? It's just, oh, my God. And then, well, at least D'Angelo comes out with a statement. I'll give him yeah. that. But it wasn't, like, he literally, it was just him saying, I have black friends. And gave mm-hmm. a list of his black friends. He talked about Keandre Miller, Duke Claire, Nurse, uh, Justin Bailey. Like, you don't, like, do you want to pat on the back that you played hockey on the same team as other black players? Yeah. I mean, would A, would they even refer to you as their friends? And B, it doesn't make you not racist or give you a pass. That's like Carly Lloyd. Oh, my goodness. Carly Lloyd of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team came out with a statement that basically said, like, I have black friends. I'm not racist. And everyone was like, huh? <laughs> like, you see Alex Morgan's statement, and she was like, this is disgusting. This is inhumane. George Floyd's death was not okay. Like, this is police brutality in the United States needs to end. And Carly Lloyd was like, you know what? I have black friends. Like, this isn't about you. What? When will you learn this has never been about you? It'll never be about you. You need to educate yourself. And don't call yourself an ally, first of all. Black people can refer to you as an ally, but don't be out here being some white savior. Like, I'm everybody's ally. Like, educate yourself. Donate your time, your money, whatever you can donate. But to pull the, you know, I have black friends card. Like, that's like people coming at you being like, have you ever dated a black guy? Even if you have, what does that matter? You could still, there was a thing I didn't on Twitter. Confirm it. I was like, I'm not even going to tell you if I have. Like, I have. All, I'm gonna not going to, like. First of all, they're probably going to try and hunt him down because they're psychos on the internet. But also, like, there was that video, or not a video, it was like a Snapchat screenshot circulating of some racist girl being like, just because I sleep with black dudes doesn't mean I like them. I was like, ah! First of all, the fact that you put that on Snapchat and thought it was okay, the fact that your brain works like that is concerning. But the fact that your brain works like that and then you thought to put it on social media is disgusting. But yeah, I'm tired of pull- people pulling the like, I have black friends card. That's like, it's Pride Month. And later on this month, we'll be doing something special for Pride Month. But that's like people being like, I'm not homophobic. I, ne- I went to school with a gay guy. Like, <laughs> I, what? I've talked to a guy before and he's told me I'm not homophobic. Like, my brother's gay. But like, it just makes me sad. I'm like, disgusting. Oh, disgusting oh my god but yeah no no um 
back on the D'Angelo train. Uh, the thing is, like, with his whole statement, like, there's just so much going on with it. He was telling, like, people called him out because uh, he was telling them, he was basically saying to how uh, people of color should be protesting. He's like, the right to peacefully protest has been, uh, has been breached. Um, yeah, no, he, sorry, back to me on that. I thought, I thought I had another quote there. I did not. But anyways, he's saying, yeah, right to peacefully protest has been preached. Like, you don't have, like, unless you have feared for your life because of the color of your skin, and you've had, you've done how many protests? Like, yeah. <laughs> so many protests about it, and still nothing's happened. I'm sorry, not saying that I condone violence or anything like that, but I sure as hell understand that they're going to go break property for you to actually give a shit and listen. I yeah. 100% understand that. Like, yeah, absolutely. I just, that's like, like you said before, to actions speak louder than words. Like, that just made me think of when you said, like, going to the protests. Jalen Brown, who was a Celtic, I love him. He drove 15 hours from Boston to Atlanta to protest peacefully, not being violent or anything, for a peaceful protest to lead the people. Literally, saw three people got arrested, went on Twitter, was like, I've got two of their names, find this third person, I'm bailing them out, I'm paying for their bail, like, this is unacceptable. And Inez Cantor, who literally can never return to his home country of Turkey because they will murder him. They won't just put him in jail, they're gonna murder him if he ever goes back. He wears number 11, that's why I got this on. Um, this is not a Cantor jersey, this is a Kyrie Irving jersey because I am mayor of Boo Boo the Foolville, but... <laughs> Uh, Inez Cantor was out there in his Celtics jersey leading protests. He's always been a human rights activist. Like, seeing players like that, those are people you respect. Those are people you want to look up to. If my child is looking up to Tony D'Angelo, I'm sorry, we're going to have a chat. We're going to have a little chat. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And just that's something that what bothers me with that line, right? To peacefully protest has been breached. I mean, there's been videos, I'm sure you guys have seen them. I even put them on Facebook and show my mom because she, like, what the media is showing you on the news is not the same as what's going on in, like, Twitter where people are uploading what the videos of these protests are actually like. And there was a young man, he's 19 years old, his name's G. Jordan Jr. Do you see him? He was, uh, like, he was crying, his voice was breaking, like, saying, like, I'm not mad at you, I want to understand you, like, I don't hate you. And basically crying just he's not violent he's down on his knee they come and arrest him still i know it's disgusting how are you gonna say peace like the people that are breaking it i'm sorry i'm gonna get you guys know my opinion by now i think it's bullshit what the police are doing i'm gonna call it out you can't say the people are saying not all cops are bad not all people at these protests are starting riots like i don't know what to tell like it goes both ways 100% agree. That's like I saw, I think it was Jane Slater posted a video of like these random brick pallets that are just being dropped off at places for people to start riots. It's like, you know, people aren't bringing these things. It's groups who are dropping them off to know that they're going to break things later because people are taking these people protests and turning it into anarchy. It's not the protesters. Same with like, I saw picture on twitter and it was two cops holding a sign that said end police brutality and then the same girl quote tweeted it she's like this is in my city she quote tweets her own tweet and said yeah by the way these people pepper sprayed innocent peaceful protesters i've seen it so many times pop up on my timeline saying like it was like a photo of the police with them or something whatever like that 
they're like 45 minutes later they shot us with rubber bullets and tear gassed us like yeah and it's like this the thing is a lot of young people are very progressive because we see these things and we're not taking what the news says for an answer whereas you know 20 years ago when there wasn't social media and people had the news only to go off they villainized these people like we're seeing what's actually happening and so. i want like a big thing that like obviously it upsets me everything that's going on but me and Haley are both journalists. We're first journalists. We're in first journalism. And a lot of these journalists are getting shot at with rubber bullets. Like they're saying you need credentials. I seen, you know, they're saying we, you need credentials, all this stuff. Um, but there was a young girl, I don't know her name or what channel was for, but she's like, has a microphone. You can fully tell she's reporting and they're shooting bullets right at her at the camera. I've seen police mm-hmm. hit the cameras, try to hide it. Like, how do you not see what's going on and then you're still defending what's like yeah i saw a photojournalist who literally lost her eye because of a rubber bullet first of all literally nobody is doing anything that that's bad that you need to be shooting them with rubber bullets or tear gassing them or anything like that it's gross but it's just yeah they say they even say too with all these cities with curfews you know journalists are exempt I saw somebody from the Columbus Dispatch saying they had their credentials, they showed their credentials, and they got arrested. And they were like, I literally wasn't doing anything. So They literally don't care about any, like, credentials, nothing. Like, they don't care if you're speaking or if they're going to do whatever they want. Yeah. After seeing, like, the police cruiser driving into a wall of people in New York, it was just like... I've seen a comment that said, if that was not a police cruiser and that guy was not in uniform, that would be classified a terrorist attack. Yeah, literally. Like, that's what happened in Toronto with the van attack. That's quite literally what happened. Yeah. That's so Yeah, but we could go on about this forever because, like I said... We will on Twitter, but like I said previously, racial injustice is not going anywhere um, because that's the sad world that we live in. We're hoping that people are going to start taking notice and taking a change. You know, America, you have a vote in November. Use it wisely. Use your ballot wisely. Vote for counselors who you stand with their opinions on, you know, racial injustice and presidents and senators and things like that. Like, people have the power. I don't think they understand that. But truly, you have the power. If you want to see change, make it happen with your vote. 100%. And, um... Yeah, and no, I'm going to put links on, after we upload this, we'll put on YouTube. I'll put links to where you can donate. I'll tweet them out again. Yeah. Yeah. We did want to end off, though, on something lighthearted because uh, it came to Jordan's attention today um, about our intro. So if you don't know, I made our intro myself. That 15-second intro took me, like, two hours. It was really hard to do. I want to give a quick shout-out to every, like, sound technician, mixer out there. What you do is very hard. It's very, very hard. Um, but she thought, who did you think was saying play ball? Like, Yoshi! <laughs> thought Yoshi from, like, Nintendo Mario series was saying play ball. Uh, no, I got a soundbite of, like, an old man saying it online, and I just pitched it really high to sound, like, more girly-ish. But, yeah, so that's that's the secret behind our intro. I literally took an old man's voice and pitched it, and that's how the ball girls came to be. Old men yelling. <laughs> what else is new <laughs> women in sports <laughs> but thank you guys for joining us i know this might have gone a little more political than our regular episodes but it needs to be talked about you know it's not just something we're gonna sweep under the rug yeah it is i don't know why i said yeah like that but yeah no 100 yep. you guys yeah. will not hear me shut up about it until actually justice is served and 
stuff is actually happening. Agreed. But that's all we have for this episode. So thank you for tuning in. <laughs> Bye.